0: We need this. You are listening to KPFA or KPFB Berkeley or KFCF in Fresno and online at kpfa.org. It's 3 o'clock. Please stay tuned for Stone's Throw on Cover to Cover. Coming up next with Jennifer Stone. And that will be followed by the Free Speech Radio News broadcast at 3.30 here on KPFA. This is Jennifer Stone with Stone's Throw. Today is January the 29th, 2008. Yes, indeed. (laughs) It is late in the day, late in the century. I think it was about four o'clock this morning I was listening to rerun something that I had taped earlier in the evening... I'm not sure I got it straight, but I could swear that it was Merle Haggard on the Bill Maher Comedy Hour, and he says that back in the day, Hillary Rodham Clinton was on the bus, that is, on Willie Nelson's bus, and that she inhaled. So I got up and made a note at once, and then I thought, (laughs) the New Age stuff. Isn't going to help a bit. No, 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 no. Not a bit. Nothing's going to help matters. Uh, Who is it? The Kennedys, Tony Morrison, Oprah Winfrey, they have all lined up and said no to Hillary. I keep muttering to myself, uh, somebody please go tell Bill Clinton to sit down and shut up. But that's old business, old business. As you know, We are not allowed to advocate or to uh, (laughs) proselytize for political candidates here on these airwaves. Next Tuesday is Election Day. I I would hope that you would vote. Yes, vote early and vote often. I was going to suggest, uh, well, uh, I'm not sure I'll be on the air. I think probably I will. By 3 o'clock Tuesday, we may not have that much information. If we do, of course, I will be preempted. And my Thursday morning spot will be preempted during the marathon. We have a fundraiser coming up beginning a week from tomorrow. That would be February the 6th. Yes, but I'll get on when I can. Uh, I, I, I don't think that I qualify as a reporter or a, even a commentator these days. What I know about politics, you could put in your eye after I listened to Merle Haggard and the comedians in the middle of the night, I stumbled over to my bookshelf and uh, I pulled down my oldest collection of political poetry and it's <laughs> it's, it's the poems about Archie and Mehitable, about a cockroach and a cat, written by Don Marcus back in, I believe, the 1930s. And I just thought that just, just, You know, as Bill Clinton says, give me a break. Just to distract ourselves, uh, I thought maybe I would read you a couple of poems about uh, the politics, uh, let's see, the politics of justice about spiders and, uh, ah, yes, um, the song of the shirt. Uh, That's my favorite. It's a a parody of... um, the um, the old poem, it's the one about the, the old lady spider, but first, let's see, I think I'll start with unjust, I'm always worried about justice as if, <laughs> as if, <laughs> as, if <laughs> as if it were something that, you know, might come along in my lifetime, uh, it's... Um, This one's all about the poets. First, let me tell you about the coming of Archie. Uh, There are some people alive on the planet today who don't know about Archie and Mehera Bell. I was shocked to learn this. Uh, Archie's first appearance was in the uh, New York Sun. The column was written by uh, Don Marcus, that was his pseudonym, and uh, he possessed a rat that slips in and out uh, at night and runs a typewriting machine in a garage. Now, let's see. Uh, It was at first thought that the power which made the typewriter run was a ghost, not a rat. It seems that it was both a ghost and a rat. Madame Blavatsky's ego went into a white horse after she passed over, and someone's personality has undoubtedly gone into this rat. Uh, it is an era, as you know, uh, of belief in communications from the spirit land. Uh, now, this is, of course, the 1930s, <laughs> and we have the same situation today. Everyone tells me that there are these serendipitous things happening, and they are, you know, uh, sure it has meaning. Anyway, Don Marcus goes on to write, "...this matter has been reported in the public prints, and we are no longer afraid of being ridiculed. We do not mind making a statement of something that happened to our own typewriter, our own typewriter only a couple of weeks ago. We came into our room earlier than usual. We discovered a gigantic cockroach jumping about upon the typewriter keys. He did not see us. We watched him." He would climb painfully upon the framework of the machine and cast himself with all his force upon a key, head downward. His weight and the impact of the blow were just sufficient to operate the machine, one slow letter after another. He could not work the capital letters, and he had a great deal of difficulty operating the mechanism that shifts the paper so that a fresh line may be started." A uh, footnote here, there are some people today who are so unfamiliar with typewriters, they don't know uh, about the what's called the carriage. Uh, that's the thing that you push to start the next line. Anyway, Don Marcus goes on to say, We never saw cockroach work so hard or perspire so freely in all our lives before. After about an hour of this frightfully difficult literary labor, He fell to the floor exhausted, and we saw him creep feebly into a nest of poems. These poems were always there in profusion. Congratulating ourselves that we had left a sheet of paper in the machine the night before so that all this work had not been in vain, we made an examination, and this, this is what we found." Expression is the need of my soul. I was once a vers libre bard—that that is, a a very true uh, or liberal poet. But I died, and my soul went into the body of a cockroach. It has given me a new outlook upon life. I see things from the underside now. Thank you for the apple peelings in the waste paper basket, but your paste is getting so stale I can't eat it. There is a cat here called Mahitabel. I wish you would have removed. She nearly ate me the other night. Why don't she catch rats? That is what she's supposed to be for. There is a rat here. She should get him without delay. Most of these rats are just rats. But this rat is like me. He has a human soul in him. He used to be a poet himself. Night after night I have written poetry for you on your typewriter, and this big brute of a rat who used to be a poet comes out of his hole when it is done and reads it and sniffs at it. He is jealous of my poetry. He used to make fun of it when we were both human. (laughs) He was a punk poet himself. And after he has read it, he sneers. And then he eats it. I wish you would have mehittable kill that rat. Or get a cat that is on to her job. I will write you a series of poems... Showing how things look to a cockroach. That rat's name is Freddy. The next time Freddy dies, I hope he won't be a rat, but something smaller. I hope I will be a rat in the next transmigration and Freddy a cockroach. I will teach him to sneer at my poetry then. Don't you ever eat any sandwiches in your office. I haven't had a crumb of bread for I don't know how long, or a piece of ham, or anything but apple parings and paste. Leave a piece of paper in your machine every night. You can call me Archie. <laughs> Okay, I think I will read Unjust, yes, the one about justice. This is Archie, the cockroach, who tells things the way they are from the underside up, yes. Those of us, <laughs> those of us who listened to the speech last night of our president, yes, the one that told us, we're not getting a dime, yes, the poor folks aren't going to get a thing. Ah, uh, Let's see, uh, Justice, Justice and the Prez. Never mind. Archie writes in the typewriter without capital letters, he writes, Poets are always asking where do the little roses go underneath the snow? No one ever thinks to say, where do the little insects stay? This is because, as a general rule, Roses are more handsome than insects. Beauty gets the best of it in this world. I have heard people say how wicked it was to kill our feathered friends in order to get their plumage and pinions for the hats of women. And all the while these same people might be eating duck as they talked. The chances are that it is just as discouraging to a duck to have her head amputated in order to become a stuffed roast fowl and decorate a dining table as it is for a bird of gayer plumage to be bumped off the running board of existence to furnish plumage for a lady's hat. But the duck does not get the sympathy because the duck is not beautiful. The only insect that succeeds in getting mourned is a moth or a butterfly. Whereas every man's heel is raised against the spider, it is getting harder and harder for spiders to make an honest living since human beings have invented so many ways of killing flies, swats what, humanity will shed palms full of tears over the demise of a bounding doe or a young gazelle. But the departure of a trusty camel leaves the vast majority stonily indifferent. Perhaps the theory is that God would not have made the camel so ugly if the camel were not wicked, alas. Exclamation point. Ah, the pathos of ugliness is only perceived by us cockroaches of this world. And personally, I'm having to stand for a lot. I'm getting it double, as you might say. Before my soul migrated into the body of a cockroach, it inhabited the carcass, Of a Vers Libre poet, some Vers Libre poets are beautiful, but I was not. I had a little blonde mustache that everyone thought was a mistake. And yet, since I have died, I have thought of that with regret." It hung over a mouth that I found it difficult to keep closed because of adenoidal trouble. But it would have been better if I could have kept it closed because the teeth within were out of alignment and were of odd sizes. This destroyed my acoustics, as you might say. My chin was nothing much and knew it and timidly shrank into itself "'receding from the battle of life. "'My eyes were all right, "'but my eyebrows were scarcely noticeable. "'I suppose, though, that if I had had noticeable eyebrows, "'they would have been wrong somehow. "'Well, well, not to pursue this painful subject "'to the uttermost and ultimate wart and freckle. "'I was not handsome, and it hampered me when I was a human.' It mitigated against me as a poet. More beautiful creatures could write verse worse than mine and get up and recite it with a triumphant air and get away with it. But my sublimest ideas were thought to be a total loss when people saw where they came from. I think it would have been only justice... If I had been sent to inhabit a butterfly, but there is very little justice in the universe. What is the use of being the universe if you have to be just? Interrogation point. And I suppose the universe had so much really important business on hand that it finds it impossible to look after the details. It is rushed. Perhaps it has private knowledge to the effect that eternity is brief after all, and it wants to get the big jobs finished in a hurry. I find it possible to forgive the universe. (laughs) I meet it in a give-and-take spirit, although I do wish that it would consult me at times. Please, please forgive the profundity of these meditations. Whenever I have nothing particular to say... I always find myself plunging into cosmic philosophy or something. <laughs> hmm, let's see, I think, I think we should read about Freddy the Rat. There is so much violence in the news these days that I thought it might be nicer to read about Uh, A tarantula fight or a centipede fight, they seem to me, so much more natural (laughs) than our human fights, yes. We humans are so inhumane. It's curious. They say that only human beings and rats uh, turn on their own species, but that, of course, is not true. Uh (laughs) Yes. Almost everything on the planet is a cannibal in its own peculiar way. Emily Bronte has a great deal to say on that subject. I'll save it for another day. But let me read you Freddy the Rat Parishes. See if you can make any sense of it. Freddy the Rat Parishes, listen to me. There have been some doings here since last I wrote. There has been a battle behind that rusty typewriter cover in the corner. You remember Freddy the Rat. Well, Freddy is no more. But he died game the other day. A stranger with a lot of legs came into our little circle. (laughs) Ha, ha. A tough-looking kid he was with a bad eye. Who are you? said a thousand legs. If I bite you once, said the stranger, you won't ask again, (laughs) little poison tongue said. The thousand legs who gave you hydrophobia, I got it by biting myself, said the stranger. I'm bad, keep away from me, where I step a weed dies. If I was to walk on your forehead it would raise measles, and if you give me any lip I'll do it. They mixed it then, and the thousand legs succumbed. Well, we found out this fellow was a tarantula. He had come up from South America in a bunch of bananas. For days, he bossed us. Life was not worth living. He would stand in the middle of the floor and taunt us. Ha, 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 he would say, Where I step, a weed dies. Do you want any of my game? I was raised on red pepper and blood. I'm so hot if you scratch me. I will light like a match. You better dodge me when I'm feeling mean. And I don't feel any other way. I was nursed on a Tabasco bottle. If I was to slap your wrist in kindness, you... "'would boil over like Job, and heaven help you if I ever get angry. "'Give me room, I feel a wicked spell coming on.'" Well, last night, he made a break at Freddy the rat. "'Keep your distance, little one,' said Freddy. "'I'm not feeling well myself.'" "'Somebody poisoned some cheese for me, and I'm as full of death as a drugstore. "'I feel that I'm going to die anyhow. "'Come on, little torpedo. "'Come on, don't stop to visit.' <sighs> "'Then they went at it, and both are no more. "'Please throw a late edition on the floor. "'I want to keep up with China.' "'We dropped Freddy off the fire escape into the alley.' with military honors. Signed, (laughs) Freddie. I wish I had time to read you all about Mehetobel's transmigrations. uh... (laughs) Uh, She was once incarnated in the soul of Cleopatra. Ah, yes. Perhaps we do have time to... Yes, sir. Well, we'll read a little bit about Mehitable because she is really the star of this book. She has a habit of, um, losing her kittens sometimes, especially when it rains. She leaves them in places where, well, we don't want to say unkind things about Mehitable's, uh, mothering skills, uh, <laughs> actually, I had thought of reading Archie Declares War, but it's so violent, and I know you're tired of violence. You've been listening to the radio again. You've been listening to all these screams and shrieks of the real world. I I don't advise that. Reality no longer torments me. I pay absolutely no attention to the real world. Ah, just turn the electric blanket up to nine and pull the pillow over my head and dream. Yes, ah, uh, let's see. Maybe we have time. No, let's read. Mehitable was once Cleopatra. That's good enough. Mehitable, you remember, is the cat, Archie's pal, the cat. Boss, I am disappointed in some of your readers. They are always asking how does Archie work the shift so as to get a new line or how does Archie do this or do that. They are always interested in technical details when the main question is whether the stuff is literature or not. I wish you would leave that book of George Moore's on the floor. Mehitable the Cat and I want to read it. I have discovered that Mahitabel's soul formerly inhabited a human also. At least, that is what Mahitabel is claiming these days. It may be she got jealous of my prestige. Anyhow, she and I have been talking it over in a friendly way. Who were you, Mahitabel? I asked her. I was Cleopatra once, she said. Well, I said, I suppose you lived in a palace. You bet, she said. And what lovely fish dinners we used to have and licked her chops. Mahitabel would sell her soul for a plate of fish any day. Hm, I told her. I thought you were going to say you were the favorite wife of the Emperor Valerian. He was some catnip, eh, Mahitabel <laughs> but... She did not get me. Signed, Archie. <laughs> let's read just a little tiny bit. Just a well. Let's see. Mm-hmm, the servant problem. No, 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 no. Mehitable's adventures. Ah, uh, I still think that Mehitable's kittens. And Mehitable's lovers are the best things in this book, but let's just read a little smidgen of Archie declares war. I'm like Archie, I'd like to declare war on just about everything these days. Archie writes, I'm going to start a revolution. I saw a kitchen worker killing water bugs with poison, hunting pretty little roaches down to death. It set my blood to boiling. I thought of all the massacres and slaughter of persecuted insects at the hands of the cruel humans, and I cried aloud to heaven, and I knelt on all six legs and vowed a vow of vengeance. I shall organize the insects, I shall drill them, I shall lead them, I shall fling a billion times a billion, billion risen insects in an army at the throats of all you humans unless you sign the papers for a damn sight better treatment. Volunteers, volunteers, hearken to my calling. Fifty million flies are wanted, May the first to die in marmalade curses, curses, curses on the cruel human race does not the poor mosquito love her little offspring that you swat against the wall out of equatorial swamps and fever jungles come mosquitoes a billion billion strong and sting a billion bald heads till they butt against each other and break like eggshells. Caterpillars... Locusts, grasshoppers, gnats, vampire moths, black-legged spiders, and red hearts of hell, centipedes and scorpions, little gingery ants, come, 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 you tarantulas with fury in your feet, bloodsuckers wriggle out of the bayous, ticks, cooties, hornets, give up your pleasures, all your little trivial Sunday school picnics, This is war in earnest and red revolution. Come in a cloud with a sun, hiding miracle of small deadly wings. Swarm, stab, and bite. What we want is justice. That's Archie in Archie and Mehetobo written, oh, let's see, about 70 or 80 years ago, (laughs) in the New York Sun. These were the little parables back in the days when newspapers used to include some humor, some effort at charm, (laughs) unlike today's media, which is so literal, it's almost non-existent. This has been Jennifer Stone. Uh, I may be back next Tuesday, depending on what happens to the election. Till then, go easy. If you can't go easy, go as easy as you can. Adam, and I'm from Berkeley, and I'm a, a subscriber uh, to KPFA, and I like to express appreciation for Bonnie Faulkner's Guns and Butter, and as well, musically, I like to express appreciation for um, Forms and Feelings on Saturdays, and of course, the uh, Friday night funk show with Ricky Vincent, and also uh, very much uh, appreciate um, Negative Lands Over the Edge, and Puzzly Evidence, I it on Thursday evenings, Friday mornings for your uh, opportunity to express myself. Thanks, Frank. to make it real compassion. This is Free Speech Radio News.